Yeah. Good. I'm waiting. Oh, well, we we gonna be good? Well, hey, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. My God, welcome to presents the red and the blue soccer chat finally let me check the old voices on this bad boy real quick here make sure that we're coming aaron why don't you try those melodious tones of yours hello 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 fans Oh my goodness, we are like we're on spot. We're we're on point, my friend. We are on I'll point. Be back in business. Okay. Right. So, wow, ladies and gentlemen, oh, how good it is to uh, be with you all. <laughs> uh, you gotta love life, man. You gotta love mm. life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness, hey. This one is for you, my friend. That one is for and you, you right there, man. Well, we ladies and gentlemen, folks, we, we obviously had yeah. some uh, t- technical difficulties. As you can see, we are back in our own homes uh, for this evening. Uh, sometimes life says do things a certain way. And uh, we uh, we're back. We're back to doing it this way for a little bit and um, had forgotten how. Uh, basically, I hadn't <laughs> used Zoom for quite a while. Um <laughs> Riverside account. Everything is just kind of a cluster. So, uh, but we are back and uh, glad Ooh. to have you folks hopefully with us tonight. And um, Evan, yep. um, let's kick it off. Uh, Chelsea had a match today. Yeah, man. And um, they ended up, uh, let's see, let me update my spreadsheet. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Uh, and it was a, uh, it started out a little shaky. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, but I think ultimately it probably could have been a bit more of a victory than it was uh, with, with a few more opportunities. But a 2-1 win, which allows you to remain top of the group, it would have taken quite something, I believe. I think it would have required AC Milan scoring at least five, goal, uh, something like that. five goals and you guys losing. Yeah. Um, so you, you took care of business today. Yep. What did you think of the performance? And how have you been feeling uh, over these past few games? It's been a little topsy-turvy. Well, and this is, my friend, this is exactly what we said at the beginning of the season. This is what I said at the beginning of the season. Look, Blues fans, Chelsea fans, you <laughs> – I have no idea what that is. But um, you, this this is just the way the season's going to go. That's that's the way it's going to go, man. It's my big red microphone nose ah, because there you go. my other microphone fell off the edge of the desk. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, this is this is the way the season's going to go. I mean, th- yeah. this is exactly how, how it is. So, you know, from, from – <laughs> boy, the Brighton match – uh, to this match, you know, you you saw, uh, an, mm-hmm. I saw some similarities. I just, we are not the same team um, without N'Golo Conte. Conte. We, we just aren't. Um, no one would be. No well, one would true. be. Right, right, right. And, and, and I want to, you know, obviously say that. But yeah. um, I thought Gallagher did his pest type thing today. Um, it was okay. Uh, you know, he had a couple of chances. Boy, I tell you what. Um, uh, Polisic really served him up a nice one at the end of the match, and unfortunately, just didn't go in. It was good to see Pooley uh, get some get a, get a little bit of, bit of playing time. Um, yeah, you know, and, and I know we're going to talk U.S. men's team 
during this because there there's a lot of news to talk about as far as injuries and things like that goes and where are we going to go from there um but you know it was good to see him get some playing time um you know the thing that that worries me the most is in the final uh minute um of stoppage time uh Ben Chilwell goes down with what looks like a hammy um that that was horrible i was like oh no we literally missed him about this time uh beginning last year and and hopefully it's nothing serious um but he boy he was holding his hamstring and he was limping off uh no he wasn't limping off he was being helped off the field yeah in the match so that's concerning um zakaria looked good that was a great goal from the top of the box um and finally Finally, my man Sterling. You don't. Um, you don't mean the CNN analyst, do you? <laughs> no, 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 no. Fareed I mean, Zakaria is not playing for the, Chelsea. Okay, All right. the footballer, my friend, the footballer. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, on his, on his debut, uh, looked good, scoring that goal from top of the box, and then finally, my man uh, Raheem Sterling uh, was able to uh, get the ball. Nice finish. That, yeah, nice finish. So it, it looked good. Obama Yang had a few misses. You know, um, Mount had a few misses. There was uh, there was a, a couple of times there was a little bit of confusion in the defense. They played better than they did against Brighton. I will say this. Um, nothing to take away from Brighton. Um, you know, Brighton is, uh, you know, I mean, they're they're a good up and coming team. But no, um, Io, I literally you took the you. I you, I'd love it that we I was got Io ready, back in. I was That's getting awesome. ready to say the same thing. When you have a guy, first of all, when when. When you have Reese James go down, Reese James and Ben Chilwell, arguably um, two of the best wingers uh, tandem in the league. Um, when you have when you have Reese James go down, you need to protect Ben Chilwell, and especially since Ben Chilwell is just coming off of last year a season-ending injury that he had to rehab throughout the entire rest of the season and the summer to get back here. Why is he playing all that time? Why? You've got guys being able to come off the bench to to fill in for him. I, I just I, I don't understand that. Where was Kukurea? Where, where where was he at? Like I'm like he was left on the bench, uh, and and that does. I mean, I I, I guess I, I'm asking. Um, you know, it's pretty typical for backs to play the full game, so. Were you seeing something about him, Io or Evan, that led you to believe he needed to come off? Because why would you sub him? Well, um, I, yeah, you, you used five subs. Uh, you were always going to probably sub off at least one of your forwards. Um, Havertz got deployed in what ESPN is telling us was basically uh, a, a number ten in behind the front two. I'm not sure if that was really the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zakaria deployed wide on the left. It was his first start, so I think we can all expect that he wasn't going to go the full ninety. And Koulibaly, I think you want to be protecting him. So I guess my question is, um, uh, for both of you, yeah, why why would you have wanted Ben Chilwell to come off unless you knew ahead of time he was already a little banged up and carrying an injury? And if that's the case knowing that you didn't have to win this game in order to win the group, why not start Marco Correa? Well, the, and, and, and I think that last piece was, is, is my point. That last piece is our point is my point. And yes, I was absolutely right. We talked about this the other night, my friend, Arsenal and Newcastle, Arsenal, Newcastle, and 
we've got to go to city. I think, right. Is that, is that our next three matches? I think it's Arsenal. We get, we, we've got to, I think we, 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 you're at home to Arsenal and away to both city and Newcastle. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, this is, this is the worst. In my opinion, the reason why you pull Chilwell ahead of like Koulibaly, um, you know, the reason why you pull him is because he is, he is not as durable, I guess you could say, but boy, the impact that he makes on the wing in the middle of a match is incomparable as far as who we have on the team, who we have on the pitch right now. It's Reese James and then it's him. And I think that you, I think just, just for me, I would want to protect that going into these next three incredibly huge matches, because as we talked about the other day, the most important thing is not necessarily for us to win all of these matches. The important thing is to make these matches as close as, as, and as competitive as we can. Now that's not me saying, Hey, I'm giving away these matches, but man, this is, this is possibly the hardest stretch of the season for Chelsea. Um, and, and to go in missing both Reese James and Ben Chilwell, that's an issue. That's a problem. And, and it, 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 I'm, I'm nervous. I am. I, I have no idea uh, what he was thinking there. Um, Io says this. Uh, let me go back. He said, number one, injury history. There you go. He's not as he's not as durable as Koulibaly. Um, and then number two, this game didn't matter. We are already short on fullbacks considering Potter switches from a three to a to a back four like it's going out of style. So, I mean. I'm with IO on this and and I really stick by with what I, what I'm saying, Uh, the durability factor, man, if somebody, and that's okay, that's okay. Um, If somebody isn't as durable as others, the impact that they make on the field though, that, that has to weigh into the equation at some point, you have to go into these next three matches with people who have played in these type of matches. Ben Chilwell has played in these type of matches. Koulibaly has not played in these type of matches for Chelsea going into this type of three-game stretch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I love Koulibaly. Um, you know, Kukure is awesome. I, I just I just don't – you've got to protect him. you got to protect him. Right. Well, and I, you know, I think, I think we're having a discussion about things that, um, you know, every, I, I bet every manager, but certainly every top manager, um, want, wants to, I, I'm sorry if you can't hear me. No, My no, no, you sound, you sound um, good now. So, uh, you know, I, I think every manager wants to have two players mm-hmm. at, at every position, um, in, in order to one have options, you know, I, I don't think you, I, I think you want to have similar players at every position, but it gives you options. You know, Kukure and Chilwell are not the same player. No. I would not play Ben Chilwell uh, as a member of the back three. Um, whereas Kukurea can play as a member of the back three, but also be that wide player that gets forward. Yeah. Um, but it also gives you protection. What, you know, you know the, the biggest problem you see for clubs that, you know, are trying to make that leap. Um, is that they don't have two players at every position. And if they get a key player injured at the wrong time, you're asking probably a youngster to step in yeah, and really play above themselves. And, you know, sometimes that works. Sometimes, 
young kids come in and surprise you. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, I do have this and we're not going to have to pay for it in the off season. But the reality is that's really, really difficult. So I, I get your point. Uh, it would have been probably smart to see Kukurea come on. Um, you're going to now, I mean, what was the nature of Chilwell's injury? Do you know? I think it was a hamstring, man. It was a hamstring. And you know, as well as I do, Ooh. those, yeah, those are, you have got to be right. You cannot come back early on a hamstring. I mean, you really can't come back early on any injury, but especially hamstring, man. So now you need Mark Cooker. And this is what's going to be interesting is you were not going to play the same system against Arsenal city and Newcastle. You're going to, I mean, I, as a manager, yeah, yeah. Chelsea's been chill while suffers hamstring injury and win over Zagreb. So you are now forced to play Kukure in that in in at least a left side position for the next three matches. And if he gets hurt, God help you. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. I have no. Well, I, I suppose um, you could recall one of your 475 players that Chelsea <laughs> keeps out on loan from their youth system. Uh, I don't know how that works, uh, but, but yeah, I mean the, this. This yeah. provides this presents a problem, and I don't know how much he was actually in the running for it. But I mean, this is now multiple players' hopes dashed of playing in the World Cup. Yeah, Reese James, there is an outside chance that he is able to maybe get into there. I don't know as a reserve. It, it, it's it's sad it is sad because you're right I mean people and we'll talk about you know I, I'm sure we'll probably talk about World Cup and whose stock is going up and whose stock is going down which by the way um, Rashi's stock uh, is looking pretty good um, to jump into uh, that you know I'm just saying yeah, I don't want to jump ahead but, but I, yeah. I tell you what along those lines do you want to know what I think the biggest travesty of all is okay. and I understand dropping a guy when his form isn't there in the way it was at times last season. Yeah. But David De Gea wasn't even named in Spain's 55 man provisional squad, wow. which means he has no chance of being named in their final, what, 28. I think they're wow. allowed to carry now or 26, something like that. <laughs> Tell me a goalie on better form as a shot stopper than David De Gea right now. Wow. We can have long conversations about how important feet are, and and quite frankly, I've never thought of him as being problematic at the back playing out. Is he Ederson? Is he Allison? Not quite, but do you, owe it? you don't always need that. I mean, those guys right. are kind of the exception to the rule. And by the way, the first nine out of 10 things you want from your goalkeeper is them keeping the ball out of the back of the net. And at least Allison and Ederson at times, I got question marks over that. Mm -hmm. So I will take... David De Gea not being quite as good with his feet, but absolutely far superior to both of these guys yeah. with his hands and his shot stopping and command of his area mm -hmm. over those two players. So the fact that he, I mean, he had not been Spain's number one for a while. They had been choosing Unai Simone, I believe over him. I have no oh. idea who the other two cats are. And the fact that David De Gea in the form that he's in right now, isn't going to the world cup is an absolute travesty. I'm sorry. I, 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 I don't, and I don't think that's Manchester United blinders on. This is a guy who day in and day out has been making ridiculous saves for you. That, that save he yeah. made against Declan Rice at the weekend oh, at the man. death. And they oh. celebrated it like they won the cup as they should when you're yep. a team trying to get an identity again. So 
I'm a little pissed off about that. I gotta be honest. Well, um, Io, you said hold up the Kepa make the squad. I'm not sure if he made the squad or not, but yeah, he's, he he's injured too. Um, he's got a foot injury, right? And well, so, and yeah. ironically, David De Gea may make the World Cup squad because Kepa doesn't. And then once you're in training, I'm sorry if if you're who's Spain's national team coach right now. Uh, I mean, what the hell are you thinking? How do you seriously? Yeah, no, I'm with you. Hey, look, once again, I, I'm I'm a Chelsea fan. I don't know how you leave out David De Gea. I I just don't know how you do it. There's there is this. I mean, there is this untangible that he has. Um, this um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Kepa made the squad. De Gea did not as of right now. Um, that might change because of the injury, Io. But um, yeah, I, I don't understand how you keep De Gea out. But anyway, is there? Any, I, I mean, hit me up with 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 some excited with you know with some inspirational Chelsea chant or something like that, man. I need it right now. <laughs> it, it's it's uh, it's been rough. It has been rough, brother. Um, so I think. Well, all right. Right now, the three names listed on ESPN's Spain squad for FIFA World Cup 2022 mm-hmm. are Robert Sanchez. Okay. And when you click on it, it says page not found. <laughs> so that's always a good sign. <laughs> David Rea, page not found. And Unai Simone, page not found. I'm beginning to think this is maybe just ESPN right now. So uh, yeah. let's look. let's look these guys up. Robert Sanchez. Spanish soccer player who plays for Brighton and Hove Albion. I, I, I like Brighton and Hove, but, but David Rea (laughs) plays as a goalkeeper for Brentford. Oh man. Ladies and gentlemen, and Unai Eric. Simone. I know he's in this in in the Spanish league. I'm pretty sure Unai Simone plays for Atletico Bilbao, um, and and he has played well and he has done a good job as the number one. But I, I you will not convince me, Luis Enrique. I like Luis Enrique. Um, so yeah, Kep is not even in the squad. Yeah, Kep so 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 you got two guys who are. I mean, up until recently, Kepa was on some pretty good form for Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. And there's no question that David De Gea is in good form for Manchester United. It's almost like Luis Enrique is trying to make some sort of statement. And again, mm-hmm. no offense to Brighton and Brentford. I, I obviously can't talk shit. Both those teams beat us at the beginning of the year, but I don't think it had a whole lot to do with their goalkeepers. I think it had a whole lot more to do with a new manager, guys not knowing their position, Harry Maguire on terrible form. Yeah. Um, and a lot of players not knowing what they're supposed to do. So yeah. I, I just, I, my head's about to explode over the whole David De Gea thing. Oh, I don't know what to say about that. Well, let me wrap, really up, let me wrap up the Chelsea take and then we can dive right in, man, because I, I yeah, I, I don't understand that. I think here's, here's where I think Chelsea is. And I'll land on this. Um, I'll, I'll fall back on the fact that this this season is going to be a roller coaster, man. It's just going to be a roller yeah. coaster. Um, I, I don't like Todd Bowley. I, I just don't. Um, Certainly don't like his Twitter account. I, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I'm not convinced yet. And and you know what? Maybe he'll convince me, and I'll be I'll be fine with him. I just I just don't like him yet. Um, I I'm not sure that. Um, I don't know how long it'll take for a team to gel. 
I mean, is, is this going to be one of those year long, you know, processes? Is it going to be two years? Is it going to be three? Um, yeah, I, 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 this is the thing. I'll be, I'll be shocked if we're in the champions league again next year. Um, I, I think my prediction at the beginning of the season was six. Um, I'm probably going to stick with that. I think we battle it out. I think we, yeah. we, we win some, win some matches that we should win. We lose some matches that we should win. Um, uh, yeah, I, well, I just, we were I talking know. about this yesterday and I think the first thing, especially fans, you, you can't panic. There are always growing pains and, uh, you know, United are probably a little bit better off than we would have expected them to be. I was expecting two steps forward, one step back, and we've seen it on occasion, you know, we'll get to the West Ham match and things like that, yeah. but You've got a new manager who didn't get the benefit of preseason. He got brought in after another guy had had his own preseason, mm -hmm. um, brought in players specifically to play for that guy. <clears throat> so now you got Graham Potter who's coming in, has to get used to the players, wants to implement a different system than Thomas Tuchel played. And now he's dealing with injuries. He's dealing with N'Golo Conte being out which I don't think he's ever had on N'Golo Conte for a match under Potter's term. But now you got Reese James out. You got Chilwell out. You've had Koulibaly, who has been a little slow, I would say, to bet in. You got Tiago Silva, who you do have to watch his minutes for. Yeah. And you've got a, 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 a crew of attacking players who were low on confidence because of what was going on under Tuchel. You know, Pooley, uh, to a lesser extent, Mount, but definitely Havertz, definitely Ziyech. We're questioning what their roles are in the team. You know, Raheem Sterling, I think the guy's bulletproof. I, I, I really do. Uh, yeah. Even when he's not on form, I, I think he's somebody that's like, give me the ball. I am going to run at you. And Obama Yang has been a nice pickup. He's a little bit older, and I think you're going to have to use him a certain way. But I, I would caution Chelsea fans, don't get down on this team. There's a lot to be excited about. Yes. Just mute Todd Bowley on Twitter. Yeah. Follow some other <laughs> Follow some other accounts. And get behind this team because these three games coming up, we're going to be tough no matter what. Now yep. you got to do it without Reese James, without N'Golo Conte, and without Ben Chilwell. Kukurea is going to be under fire. I mean, right now, Pep and um, uh, Arteta are basically coming up with the exact same game plan to attack mm -hmm. these. You know, uh, I mean, Athpilicueta is going to have to hold down that right side. Um, you know, yes. I, 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 and, and the, I question whether or not Graham Potter trusts Trevor Chalaba enough right now as well. So, I mean, look, if you lose the next three games, Chelsea fans don't get down, it will suck. And let me tell you, it has been a sucky time as a Manchester United fan over the last decade at times, mm -hmm. false dawns, but there's too much talent in this Chelsea squad to just give up on them. Sixth yeah. place may be realistic, but let me tell you. There's something to be said about going to the Europa League, getting some confidence, maybe winning that damn trophy, and yep. you come back that next season, you get your top four, you start fighting, and you're back in the Champions League. Yeah. It's it's not a death knell. No, 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 not by any means. I, I, you know, once again, I will I will stick by this for the remainder of the season. We that one of the first shows we said, you know, we explained what a fan was. And it's through thick and thin. It's through, you know, good and bad. And this is one of those times where it's like, oh, boy, this is really shaky. We just had a big injury today, Blues fans. Big, big.
big injury today. We'll see how that plays out. So. Uh, Io, yeah, to, to this one final point. And yeah, not at this rate about making the top four. Uh, not yeah, better yeah. than Arsenal. Not mm-hmm. better than Newcastle. I, you know, I got question marks over that. Um, I, I think Newcastle are, are doing really well. I think Eddie Howe's got them on a nice run. Yep. But, you know, the, the injury woes that Chelsea are dealing with right now, um, Newcastle's already had to deal with a little bit with Alan St. Maxima, and, and they're lucky that Miggy Almiron has taken Jack Grealish's words and decided to shove him up his ass because <laughs> without his goals, Newcastle would not be where they are. It's, it's yeah. not like uh, Chris Wood. It's Chris Wood. I don't think he's been coming in and, and lighting the world on fire. Uh, Callum Wilson has done a nice job. Uh, Callum Wilson? Yeah. Um, but uh, Newcastle, in order to keep this up, are going to have to invest in the the January transfer window and bring in some extra bodies because this league takes its toll. We yeah. all know this league takes its toll. Yep. Um, yep. I, I tell you what, the saving or, or one of the the silver linings of this horrible, horrible, uh, you know, slavery using World Cups in Qatar that's probably one of the worst ideas I've ever heard in my entire life Ugh. is that the English are going to see what a six week break does for mm. a lot of teams and i know you know no other no leagues take quite that long but yep. germany takes a break in the middle of winter a lot of a lot of leagues take a break in the middle of the winter and i think there's going to be a push after this season from a lot of managers and a lot of owners who say you know what that kind of worked out we had some guys who came, you know came back fresh you know the guys that didn't go to the world cup they felt pretty good and yeah. it'd be really nice if the guys who had gone to the world cup hadn't had to and got, had gotten a two or three week break and, you know, gotten to go to, uh, you know, Mykonos or wherever for a week and recharge their batteries. So, yeah, it'll be interesting, man. I I think that you're right on that. We'll see, hopefully we'll see livelier football. And, Uh, um, you know, I think that's, that's something to be looking at. You know, I, uh, you said Bruno and I immediately went to, to, to my Bruno and uh, I was like, I don't think he's underrated. I think he could, you know, he's, he's an up and down player. And I realized you're talking about Gimarech and yeah, that dude is a baller. I, I really like what I'm seeing from Newcastle right now. I'm excited for Eddie Howe. I mean, he's, he's um, yeah, <laughs> thanks. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really digging that team. Uh, I, I think it's, they're fun to watch. I, I really like St. Maximin. They're going to have a fight on their hands to keep him. Um, Cause I could see him going to, Maybe not a Madrid or a Barcelona, although I think San Maximin is what um, Adama Traore is supposed to be. Blistering speed. Mm. He mm. actually has in product. Adama Traore does not. Now, Adama Traore does look a lot better, all, you know, lotioned up and oiled and greasy. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think San Maximin's in product uh, is what Adama Traore is supposed to be. But I could see him going to a bigger club. Um, and, and that would hurt Newcastle, but they also have the money to say, Hey dude, stick around. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's make that transition, brother. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. This is the way we do shithousery on the red and the blue soccer chat. right (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, I mean, to, to Manchester United, um, So since the last time we got together, which by the way, the last time we got together was the Chelsea United yes. uh, first ever 
red and blue soccer chat Derby watch party. And it was a blast. Uh, was. We had some people show out. We had some people talking to us online. It was a great time. It was a blast. We hope to do it again. Yep. Um, it was, I, you know, I think if somebody said, Oh, it was a zero, zero draw, you'd be like, mm, I kind of expected more. Um, uh, you know, frankly, to jump right into that game, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think United should have had at least one goal in the first half, maybe two. They were so dominant in that first 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And, but it's also what happens when you've got this team in transition. You see this belief in United right now. You see what they're trying to do, but sometimes the goals just aren't coming. You know, they, they, yeah. they, they, they beat on the door a little bit. They huffed and they puffed and could not blow that house down. Right. And to Graham Potter's credit, he recognized the issue. He made a very smooth tactical sub um, and uh, uh, really calmed things down for Chelsea. And I would say Chelsea were probably marginally better in the second half. Uh, I, I would say the chances uh, yeah. were pretty even. Um, and so a draw was probably a fair result mm -hmm. on, on the whole, you know, United have to take their chances. And if they don't do that, then they're going to let teams hang in there. Thankfully, you know, there were a couple that flash wide of the post or um, De Gea again had to make some nice saves on, but yep. you know, a draw at the bridge and both teams being in transition. I'm not worried about that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the match against Sheriff, it took a little while to break them down, but you know, again, I was talking to somebody the other day and, and saying the game has evolved and these smaller quote unquote, smaller clubs understand playing the low block, playing defensively, playing purely on the counter and waiting for their opportunity. They're yeah. disciplined and managers understand how to coach that nowadays. So it took a while to break them down, ended up three to nothing. So that that's, that's a good performance. They're happy about it. Then you play West Ham and not a great performance, not a great game to watch, not um, the patterns of play that you wanted to see. Definitely some disjointedness at times. Um, but again, you know, like I said in the promo, Clearly, Marcus has been doing more than watch Cristiano take free kicks. He's been yeah. watching every aspect of his game. I've never seen Marcus take a header like that. I've seen yeah. him do glancing headers mm -hmm. and, and rise up above guys and knock one maybe to the back post. I've never seen him absolutely dominate a defender in the air and yeah. nut at home the way he yeah. did. That was a nice goal. You could say that United were maybe hanging on a bit against West Ham. And again, we're talking about a team trying to find its identity. It seems to have it. And like we mentioned earlier, De Gea comes up with that baller ass save, oh, several saves yeah. toward the end, but a big one, yeah. that ball was going in the top corner. Declan oh, Rice yeah. was beginning to celebrate and De Gea saves it. And then the final whistle goes. And I tell you what I love to see is Dalot, Lissandra Martinez, the whole defensive crew immediately over there smacking De Gea, De Gea geeing up the crowd, giving yeah. it the big ups. That's, that's what you want to see out of this yep. club. Yep. And I, I mean, I would not have said United truly had a strong chance of the top four early on in the season, even after, um, you know, they began to write the ship a little bit, mm -hmm. but I watch this team and I, I watch it and I compare it to the other teams I'm seeing. And I think they can challenge for the top four. I mean, they're just outside it right now. I think they're just outside it, maybe only on a point and maybe goal I, differential. Yeah, I'd need to look. Um, but we're not talking about a team that, um, has glaring deficiencies anymore. We're talking about a team that does need to improve in certain areas sure. for sure. No question about it. But, um, I see what Ten Hag is going for and he may figure out how 
to grab a couple, you know, interesting players, you know, the Jan, the January transfer windows. Oh, is tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But in United's history, they've brought in Bruno a couple years back and he ended up being one of the best players in the second half of the season for him. And let's not forget Evra and Vidic came in, in the January transfer window. So United go after a guy like maybe Cody Gakpo and bring in a true striker. And then you really have the opportunity to say, Hey, Cristiano, sit down. We're going to bring you on and off the bench for the last 20 minutes and use what you're the best at, which is just getting in there and scoring some goals. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm really liking what I see. And I tell you, I think this time next year, our conversation is going to be a lot more enthusiastic too. I think, um, just to play off of what you said, man, I get this sense that Manchester United is not only on a run, like, I think it's easy for teams to get on a run. I think it's easy for teams to, you know, I, I, I call that, you know, five, six, seven game run that Chelsea was on a run. Mm-hmm. Manchester United is building. Like it, yes. it is, it is, it is a, a building process of what it, what it seems like, because these guys have bought in, um, mm-hmm. you know, they understand what Ten Hag's trying to do. Uh, even when they're playing not so up to par, they figure out a way. They figured out a way these past three, four that weeks right there. to get yeah. it done. And even, you know, like you said, the first half against uh, Sh- Sharif, Sheriff, um, Sheriff, it was lackluster. But that's what you do as a team in the Premier League who has found yourself. You come back and you score three goals. That's what you do. That's what a Man City would do. I'm not saying that they're at Man City level, but that's what Man City would do. You would go in, Pep would chew your ass, and then you would figure out, okay, how do we get the ball to, you know, Holland? Or how do we get the ball, you know, in De Bruyne's, you know, at his feet? Um, they figured that out, man. And so I I really am excited for you. I'm excited for, you know, the Red Devil fans. Um, they are building something there. And, and, and it's nice because I, I think the league needs um, a, a healthiness, strong and competitive Manchester United. Um, the league needs that uh, because I just think it's, it's what people expect. They expect Manchester United to challenge each year. And it's been, it's been one of those deals where it's been like, um, kind of like what Brighton and Hove are doing right now. They're playing well. Um, but you still see the gaps. You still see the deficits. You still see the ways that you can beat them. You're beginning to see less and less in that, less and less of that in Manchester United's play. Uh, they are playing like a team that is possessed right now, um, mm-hmm. which is great. It's it's fun to it's fun to watch. The the only thing that I would say is, and I want to get your your opinion on this is, and you mentioned it, what in the world do you do with Cristiano Ronaldo? He's, he's not going to, I mean, you know, for, for everything that, that he has done, you know, he's not going to continue. In my opinion, he's not going to continue to sit on the bench and be quiet. He's just not, that's not who he is. He, he, he wants to play. He, he believes he has to play. Um, he does, it, it's apparent that he does not want to be a super sub. He, he mm-hmm. does not want to be Olivier Giroud. Um, what do you do with him? La France en nous. Um, 
You know, I, I think that's something that's going to take care of itself. I, I really, really do, because Ten Hag has thrown down the gauntlet. Ten Hag has said that you're going to follow my plan come hell or high water. Yeah. Um, you'll get your opportunities. You will be a part of things, but you need to understand you're 37 years old. You're not a, a pressing striker. Oh, you know, it, it's it's never really been a part of who he was. He's never played in teams that did that. Yeah. And I think it would be silly to expect it of him right now. Mm -hmm. But I, I want to touch on two, two strong facts. The first is United looked bad at the beginning of the season. Lost two games really, really poorly. Played poor against Brighton and Hove. Played terrible against Brentford. Got it hung on him. Then they turned around and got up for what we now know is not quite as good a Liverpool side as we were expecting to have. But still, I think most people were not expecting quite the dominant performance. Um, and, and remember, it was two to nothing at one point. Liverpool yeah. had to claw back into that match yeah. late on. Um, a, a scrappy win over Southampton and Leicester. Then I would again say not a truly dominant performance against Arsenal, but they took their chances in a way that Arsenal did not. We're unlucky to lose to Real Sociedad. I think a draw would have been fine. A um, little flattered by a 2-0 scoreline against Sheriff. Then you've got the 6-3 absolute drubbing from City. Okay, it was 4 nothing at halftime. Um, you know, got a goal back, and then, you know, it, it just – City were in complete control of that match, and it did show you the gulf between the two clubs. But – since that Manchester City match away, by the way, mm -hmm. United are on an eight-game unbeaten run against some, wow. at times, tough opponents yeah. and have played probably just well enough in some games and have played very well in some games and have played poorly and still figured out how to win in some games. Mm -hmm. So like you said, I don't think there it's a run so much as they're building. They're building confidence in one another. Yep. They're learning the system that Ten Hag wants to play, and you can see it. And they're fighting for one another. They've mm -hmm. gone down early in a couple of games and fought back. That mm -hmm. Everton match, especially the uh, Nicosia game as well. You know, they've had some setbacks. And this team this time last year would have put their heads down and perhaps gone on to lose big. Yeah. And instead, they have fought back. They've dug deep. And they've found ways to get points from nothing. Mm -hmm. The second thing I want to talk about is Manchester United have played 12 games. Newcastle and Tottenham who sit above them have played 13, which means if Manchester United win against Aston Villa in the Premier League this weekend, okay. They will be tied on points. They'll, they'll leapfrog Newcastle United into fourth and they'll be tied on points unless they truly beat Aston Villa badly, Tottenham will have them on goal differential. So heading into Christmas, we're looking at a team theoretically in a top four position. Mm -hmm. The confidence that has to give a bunch of guys who were told you suck, you're scrubs, this team's not good enough, you're going to have to take a long year to rebuild under Ten Hag, Cristiano doesn't want to be here, he doesn't like you guys, you're not good enough for him. Yep. All of a sudden, you're looking at a team full of players with confidence. Rashford's playing with confidence. De Gea is playing out of his mind. Um, let's talk about Anthony for a second. Yeah. You know, Casimiro. spin move aside, brothers having some fun. 
uh, Casemiro is a revelation. You know, there were this first couple of games where people were like, Ooh, maybe United made a mistake. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh no, this dude's got five champions league trophies and was <laughs> integral in all of them. Yeah. This dude's a big deal. Yep. He is important. Um, I think so, also you got to add in there too, that these guys, because of everything you said, probably have a little bit of a chip on their so- shoulder too, which am is right. a good thing. Oh, you think it's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I guess I'll just finish with, I'm not going to get ahead of myself just yet. Right. Um, but again, I'm very excited about what I'm seeing. I'm, 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 I'm inspired by them at times. And I feel like I used to sit around and watch United games and it could be the 92nd minute. And I'd be like, they're going to get a goal. They're going to, they're going to at least get one more good opportunity on yeah. frame. And you know what? Not there yet, but I'm starting to feel pretty damn good about this Scott, this squad doing that too. There so you there you go up to United. I think we've gone long yes. for halftime. So we may need to do that. Let's do our halftime shot. Um, and I, you know, Hey, this, this goes to you, my friend, um, oh. all the stuff we we've talked about this week. This is why you have, uh you're 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 good friends man you are like one of my one of my best friends and i appreciate you all the time that you've uh put into our friendship and our relationship brother love you man well i love you right back and uh i i i shout out to you and i also want to uh give a a special shout out again as we always do to chatham tap uh, fishers for letting us uh host that darby watch party for um uh, Reagan and Claire and everybody else who was up there serving us and, and having a good time. Um, we're going to try to get a screenshot of Reagan and the chicken queen, chicken wing, Ming chicken wing <laughs> meme. Say that five <laughs> times fast. Um, but yeah, just, just love those folks up there and really appreciate them letting us do our thing. Yep. And, uh, I'm sure we'll be back there at some point. So love you, my brother and yep. love you, everybody else out there. Thank you for always tuning in. I appreciate you, bro. Plenty. Oh, hit that USA. Hit that USA. Mm, 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 mm. Ah, there it is. Yeah, oh, wait, right there. Right there. Um, so, man, what I wanted to do for this little, for this segment, and it'll be a shorter segment because I've got a really short, like, Hey, Aaron segment. So this is going to be perfect. Yeah. I wanted to kind of just talk with you a little bit about our squad. Um, Mm. A couple things went down and in a couple of people um, went down. Uh, You know, one, uh, Matt Turner's nursing uh, groin injury. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Chris Richards is out. Um, You know, good news was Tyler Adams came back. Uh, you yeah, know, and and they looked really good in that two-one win over Liverpool for Leeds. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big one, uh, Weston McKinney, is out for at least fifteen days. At least fifteen mm-hmm. days with a quad injury. Um, man, I want to ask your opinion because I've I have fortunately, knock on wood, never dealt with a quad injury. Um, I don't know how complicated those, uh, are to come back from. I don't know if you've had experience or you've talked with, uh, folks who have had quad injuries. 
what do you know about quad injuries, brother? And are we looking at possibly going into the World Cup um, without Weston McKinney? Um, early reports, I say not. Um, I, I, I think he will make the squad. Uh, we've got just over, what, I guess we have around three weeks. Three yep. weeks. So, yeah, that, that 15 days is concerning. Um, and, and the article I'm reading says it's a hammy, uh, which Ooh. I've always been more concerned about hammies than I yes. have quads. Oh, um, wow. Okay. That's, I, I that, that said, the fact that it was a hamstring and they're saying it is only going to be a couple weeks lets me know it's definitely not a tear. It's probably just, you know, a, he, he probably felt it probably felt a tweak, got a little bit of a strain going on. So I, I can tell you what's going to happen. He's going to go into the training room every day. They're going to ice the hell out of that, out of that hamstring. They're going to strap him up to a tens unit and they're going to crank up the electric volt and they're going to make that muscle think it is far more injured than it actually is. So you start sending a lot more those red blood cells and really trying to fix it. Now, the real issue is, okay, it's only, you know, let, let's say he's back in 15 days. That's, that's November 17th. He won't have been able to train. So I think we're looking at him not starting in that first match. And I think you'd probably want to hold him out anyway. Yeah. So I, I definitely think we're looking at him missing the Wales match on the 21st. Yep. But there's 23 days until that England match. Yeah. As long as this isn't a serious hamstring injury, that's enough time to get back. And Weston's been on good form when he's been healthy. Mm -hmm. I'm not concerned about him needing two or three games to find his form or anything like that. Okay. He's an absolute pit bull of a player. I, I love him. I, I yeah. honestly, oh, yeah. I, I wish I got to see him more often. And I wish he wasn't in this damn Juventus side right now that is clearly having their own growing issues. Oh, man. Um, but I, I mean, I, a, a healthy Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams, Eunice Musa midfield should scare the hell out of anybody in the world. Sure. So I, I would imagine Juventus is definitely shutting him down. And I'm sure they're in conversations with the U S national teams, you know, saying, all right, here's the plan. What would you like us to do? Yeah. He may have already left Turin and headed to the United States for rehab with the U S national team, or maybe his own personal doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, it's always concerning. Um, but it's, it's an injury that you can recover from and yeah. you bring a squad to these things for a reason. Is there an easy replacement for the guy? No. No, there isn't. It, it, it is concerning. Um, it, it, he, he is as important to this team as Pulisic or Tyler Adams yes. or uh, Eunice Musa, or yep. quite frankly, I think Brendan Aronson has put himself in a position to be viewed as nearly undroppable for this team. Yep. Um, you know, we haven't had a, a healthy Tim Weah for quite a while, so that would be a nice thing to see. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm concerned. Um, and of the names you mentioned, he worries me the most. You know, Matt Turner has been on good form, but I, I've, I've got confidence in the backup goalies. Matt Turner has distinguished himself from the other guys, sure. but it's not like we're talking about the difference between, I don't know, let's say, 
David De Gea and Richard Ray. And, <laughs> I knew. I, I, I dude, Some I was going, I, I swear I was, I was literally holding back the smile because I knew there's, you were going there. <laughs> there's not a gulf between Matt Turner and the other U.S. goalkeepers. Yeah. And right. while I think Turner has distinguished himself as, as the number one, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure he's the difference. You know that he, he's going to make some, some saves, um, but if we have to use another guy, uh, then we're fine. I don't know if it'll probably be Sean Johnson, who's who's on very good form in the MLS, or if it yeah. might be uh, Ethan Horvath. I'm not I'm, honestly. I'm a little up in the air as to who's going to go. I know Zach Steffen has not been healthy and and right. not been able to play, so he's really not in the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually thought he was a little shaky anyway in his opportunities. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, Weston's the loss for sure. I'm not sure Chris Richards was really going to factor in a whole lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I talked way too long about that. I love Weston <laughs> uh, and his his Harry Potter celebration. So his Harry I hope, Potter celebration. I, I, I would absolutely love to see him waving the wand in Qatar. For sure. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about our our foes on the twenty uh, fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about England. Um, out of um, out of Tammy Abraham, who's who's playing pretty well for Roma, um, Marcus Rashford and Callum Wilson. Um, I, I'm just going to say it. I I think out of those three, um, the backup to Harry Kane probably should be Marcus Rashford. Um, out of the three Rashford is, is absolutely. I, I think with each week he's getting better. Like he's, he's literally getting better. He's gaining momentum. And I think he really, if you give him this spot on this team, he is, it's, it's going to be lights out. It's going to be lights well, out. What do you think? I, I think over the last couple of years has been a struggle for Marcus. I think especially last season, he was playing injured in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, the season before that, even when he wasn't on form, but was getting called up to the national team, I think you could see how it rejuvenated him. Um, you know, I'm, let me look at an article here calling for the squat projection, because I, I, I think the next time we get together, which will be the 16th. So that will be the, the Wednesday before uh, the, the 20th where, where the world cup kicks off, we'll have these squads. We really, there's a few countries that have named their, their 55 man provisionals, but they're going to have to weed those down to 26. Um, I, I think, um, you know, I, England is probably going to come out in either a three, five, one one i would think i don't think they're going to play two together up top um i mean i'm looking at an article right now that says the forwards are harry kane raheem sterling tammy abraham jared bowen bukayo saka phil foden and ivan tony um okay first off jared i think jared bowen or i'm sorry bukayo saka uh came off injured the other day against arsenal so question mark about him Mm -hmm. um ivan tony I I like the guy and he's a really nice goal scorer. Do you call a guy in right before the World Cup who's really got no international experience and you throw yeah, him into the World I, Cup? I, I'm not I, sure you do I, that. I, 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 I just don't know about that. Um so yeah, I I, I think Rashford I Harry Kane and Raheem Sterling are starters. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Beyond that, 
is Jared Bowen on better form than Rashford? I don't think so. I don't consider Phil Foden an out and out forward, but again, it depends on the lineup that you're choosing to use. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm the fact that Jaden Sancho and, and Rat Rashford are not on this list to me makes me question some, some people. Um, I'd like to see Rashi go. Uh, and I know he would love to be there, but he's mm-hmm. also saying all the right things. He's not, you know, he's focused on finishing the top four right now, yeah. not whether or not he gets to go to the world cup. Cause he hasn't right. been getting called up. Right. I think he should. Um, but it, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's what Gareth Southgate thinks is going to work in his system. I mean, let's face it. Here's a guy who's kept faith with Harry Maguire, who's been on terrible club form, but plays very well for England for the most part. Well, so I will, I will say it's all about what fits your system. I will say this, man. I mean, he he was really good in this last match for Manchester United. I think that he played solid. Um, he struggled yeah. at first, but certainly in those last 15 minutes, he was yeah. imperious. He made some tackles, won his yeah. headers. He did what he needed to do. And I think that's what happens when a guy who does know his limitations. Mm-hmm. You know, every, everybody criticizes Harry Maguire. Do you think Harry Maguire doesn't know he's slow? <laughs> Do you, do you get, think he doesn't know he's right. a little oafish? Right. He doesn't get paid but, to think that he's like the fastest guy on the, on the field. That's not why he but, gets paid. But he does know, and statistics back up the fact that Harry Maguire is one of the best passers, center back passers between the lines mm-hmm. in the world. That yep. was named to the, to the team of the tournament for the last Euro and the World Cup. That's not an accident, okay? No. He no. does have the ability to carry the ball out of the back. He does occasionally get caught in possession, and I would imagine he's got plenty of assistant coaches saying, Harry, you get two, three touches, and then you got to get rid of the ball. You've been yeah. caught in possession, and you've been responsible for goals. He's being told that. Sure. Yeah. Nobody sure. on Twitter is telling Harry Maguire something he doesn't know already. Right. Okay? Right. Gareth Southgate knows what he can get out of Harry Maguire. I think Harry Maguire will probably be at the World Cup, and he may even start for England. Last question about the uh, World Cup, my friend, and then we move on to the Hey Aaron segment. Um, is there is there any changes you would like to make as we get closer and closer and closer? Um, I've 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 questioned not bringing in Jordan Peefock mm. to the U.S. national side. I don't understand why he wasn't being called up. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you've got Josh Sargent scoring goals for Norwich. I know it's the championship, but you, you bring guys who are on form. You is bring Sargent guys hurt right now. Is he? Hurt? Uh, I, I don't know. Let me, let me check. Googs. Josh Sargent comes up second to Josh Kaufman. So Weston McKinney and Josh Sargent among the latest U.S. M&T players dealing with injuries. Okay, good to know. Dang. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, look, this is what you deal with and you were always going to be dealing with it with a world cup being played in the middle of the (laughs) goddamn season. (laughs) But this is, you know, every manager has to deal with this and this is where you earn your money. This is where you make your bones as a manager of, okay, who do I fit in? How do I change my systems? Do I trust Greg Berhalter's got the answer to those questions? I do not. Um, but I'm, I mean, look, we got a podcast where we talk about soccer. So by default, I'm armchair quarterbacking, <laughs> but uh, I don't envy having to make these decisions. 
I, I do think Josh Sargent deserves to go if he's healthy. I yeah. do think Jordan Peefock deserves to go if he's healthy. Yep. I don't think um, Ferreira and um, I'm space name now. I, I don't think the other guys they've played recently certainly don't deserve to start. Mm. So I, I'm anxious to see the roster come out. And this, I, I, I think obviously we've got each of our teams, you know, final few games before the world cup that we'll be talking about. But I think the next, next show is going to be dominated by predominantly the United States and the roster that we're sending to the world cup, but also the other rosters and how those rosters impact, you know, some of our predictions, we're going to be looking at those and going, Hmm, what I thought Portugal was or what I thought Germany was six months ago when we made yeah. these, you know, sort of early predictions are not the teams that are going to the world cup. So right. what's their form like? And let's not forget they won't have played together. It will have been several months since those guys came together in camp and some teams make it a, a super point to get together a little bit early for the world cup and get there. I have no idea where the U S national teamers are stationed. I mean, Qatar is the size of my backyard. So I'm going to guess somewhere over by my picnic table. <laughs> it's is, the Hopcat. is where Hopcat is. is where, yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. Hopcat <laughs> staying upstairs in the park or yeah. The United States national team will be in, in the parking garage above Hopcat. Oh, that's in, awesome. In Qatar. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, we will revisit this in two weeks where yeah. we will have um, what, 36 teams rosters oh, man. To, to pick oh, from. I'm excited about it. Ladies and gentlemen. I am too. Yeah. Yeah. We have now I, come. I, I, I tell you, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun, dude. I, I know, I know the, the fact that it's not during the summer, it's totally different, but I got to say that having the world cup during this time, I, I'm, I'm anxious about it, but in a good way. Like I'm really mm-hmm. looking forward to it. It, it. It'll become part of the holiday season. There you go. Um, yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have now come to the Hey Aaron segment. And Aaron, this is a simple Aaron. and quick segment. I just want your opinion <laughs> on this video, my friend. Um, and I am going to share screen. Uh, oh, host disabled participant screen sharing. <laughs> no. Oh, give me a second. Okay, okay, okay. Because it's so there good. There you go. It's so there good. There you go. Okay. okay. There me, you go. I'm you sure. should be able to share now. Yes, there we go. There we go. Okay. I'm so, in complete control, people. Optimize for video clip. Here we go. I just, I can't wait to see your face. Here we go, my friend. Give me a face. It's time. <laughs> I don't want a lot for Christmas other than to be that reindeer. <laughs> oh man. I, 
I Mariah's would... crazy ass can ride oh. my back oh, all day long. My goodness, man! I tell you, it is the uh... entire next two months. <laughs> I honestly, I I love this song. I love, I absolutely love, um, love actually the movie, which is terrible. Yes. Every and I know there's so I many articles it. that tear it apart. It is when you actually analyze it, it's trash. There's so many tropes to it. I but you watch the movie and you feel good. And yes. then she sings and the little boy and his girlfriend are nice. And then when you know all the bullshit that Liam Neeson actually was going through while pretending to, you know, have a wife that some, just passed yeah, away. Yeah. Holy fucking shit. So yeah, there's creepiness. There's some bad misogyny. There's weird stuff going on in it. I'm not <laughs> overlooking that. I am saying that. Yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal movie and I love her singing the song yes. and she needs a Christmas outfit that is as low cut as the Halloween outfit is. All well, I'm yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Now, this video, my friend, and I'm not sure if you know this, but this video was her challenge. And she is actually petitioned to copyright the title, The Queen of Christmas. She's like, I'm the Queen of Christmas. And this video was a challenge to anyone else who chooses to claim that. There have been a couple of other people that are like, hey, I've, you know, sang songs and written songs about Chris, but I don't, I don't care who you are. I don't know, man. I'm I, not sure. Well, first off, ballsy to declare very, yourself very Queen of Christmas. So. Very much so. Um, but I'm not sure she's got a rival for it. I, I, I mean, think, what's I, Jack Skellington's girlfriend's name in... <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. That's about it. I mean, Ellington. that's about the only somebody in in the in the pantheon of this stuff. Like, I'm I'm like, I'm thinking of of I don't know is is well what I mean is Frozen a Christmas movie? It's not really a Christmas movie. So Menzel is or is it in in okay John Travolta? I have no idea who Menzel is her life. I don't know. Idina, Idina Menzel is her yes, name. Yes, Idina Menzel. You're saying that I, I think Mariah. I'm not is, saying she is. I'm asking the question, is there really anybody who would compete? I, I feel like she's thrown up a straw man argument. Like, I'm already the queen of Christmas. I'm just right. declaring myself. Well, well here, here's, I did think about this today. I Mrs. Think Claus. I mean. <laughs> if Jill Scott, if Jill Scott got a hold of a song. I, I think there's a, I think there's a battle there. I think there's a battle, man. Jill Scott, anything she touches, man. Anything, anything she touches. Jill Scott's got a beautiful voice, man. Let's face it, she made an insurance commercial sound good. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, there it is. You are headed into the holiday season with not only the World Cup, but with Thanksgiving and Christmas and Mariah Carey looking, you know, fabulous on the uh, on on her. Oh. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. reindeer and the bicycle so ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful wednesday evening um it brings us to the final segment of our show uh let me just say that uh we love you all thank you for sticking with us despite our technical difficulties at the beginning of this evening uh that my good friend aaron figured out and man just was was a trooper about aaron uh this is literally my favorite part of the show it is uh, Aaron's final thoughts. So my man, what you got for us this week? You know, um, first off, I, I want to say again, big thanks to everybody who tuned in or came out for, um, 
you know, the, the, the watch party was fantastic. And I, I really hope we can grow that. It was a great time. I think it's a great way to, to really get people involved, people who are already fans, people who are becoming fans. Um, I'm not sure if we're gonna be able to do it during the world cup. Cause damn it, it just gets so loud and it's crowded loud in, that piece. <laughs> in, in Chatham. So if we can, we will, but I don't know, but definitely come out and join us. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, we're, we'll probably do some sort of year in review kind of thing, but I just want to say we changed format about a year ago, just after the first of the year we went, we switched and, uh, I, I've just had a blast talking about soccer, um, but we did make a switch, and and I I need to say this: um, the Evan and Aaron show started out as two friends just trying to stay in touch when we couldn't get to the pub during those early days of COVID, um, when everything was on lockdown. It continued on for several months. It was a long time before we were able to get together and see one another, and we all had to kind of band together in the only way we knew how. And that's why we started a podcast. And then shit went on in the world. We had George Floyd and all sorts of other events go on. We had an election that was not stolen. We had a fair and free election in a democracy. And then we endured January 6th. And now Less than a week from now, we have the midterms, and I have to say, your vote matters. This is truly about wanting to keep this grand experiment going and not succumbing to people who believe crazy lies told by recovering addicts with a pillow company or lying real estate agents with mob ties and people who have more Twitter followers than since. Rational people can disagree on policy and talk about whether or not trickle down economics have ever worked or whether it's supply side or demand side or what have you. But at the end of the day, if you're voting for people who want to strip people of their rights, who want to make it more difficult for people of color, people in poverty to go to the polls, who want to tell people who they can and can't love, to tell transgender children they're not real, that they don't have agency, they aren't real people. That's what voting does, folks. This isn't just a right. It's an obligation. Get your ass out there. Start now. You still got a couple days this week to vote early when there won't be people standing in line. Cast that vote. And I'm not, I'm not here to say Democrats are greatest in the world. I got all day to talk about the flaws of Democrat policy. I will freely admit it. But right now, in this very moment, we have got to take a stand and say that we are for the rule of law.
We are for respecting fair and free elections, and we are against billionaires deciding what is and isn't appropriate information for us to hear on Twitter and perpetuating conspiracy theories that cause harm to people. I'm not for taking glee in the harm of other people. I don't want Trump and people like him to be in power, but I will never advocate for physical violence upon those people. Let the law take its course. We are not vigilantes. That's not who we are. So if you stand for peace and prosperity and democracy and looking out for one another and being a community, then I hope you get out there and vote because that's the only way we can repair the divide in this country is to have some modicum of control over this. Otherwise, these people who deny the election, who deny your right, deny your agency as a human being, and maybe it's not you. If you look just like me, a lot of this shit doesn't directly impact you. But this guy right here is my brother. And I'll be damned if we put people in power who tell him he's not allowed to get married to and love the person that he loves because of the colors of their skin. Mm -hmm. I'll be damned if my friends that I see at Chatham Tap on a regular basis who are openly gay and have a child together are not allowed to visit each other on their deathbed in the hospital because of stupid government laws. Mm -hmm. I'll be damned if I stand by and allow these travesties to happen. It's not going to happen. And the only way to take care of that right now is to get your ass to the ballot box and vote and vote for people who stand for this level of freedom and democracy and moving this country forward in the way it needs to move. I'm sorry for going on that rant. Sorry for getting on my soapbox. Mm -mm. But this isn't just, ah, uh, I disagree with trickle-down economics or what have you. No. This is about making decisions about whether or not people actually have a right to exist in this country. And if you don't believe me, fuck around and find out. <laughs> oh my god man well hey listen i you know what it's always been my tradition i want them to see me vote i'm gonna be standing in line i don't care how long it takes i have let my students know that there is no class that day we you know we are going to go out and we are going to exercise our voice ladies and gentlemen thank you so turn much turn it into a party folks turn yes. it into a party pack turn a lunch a party. bring plenty of bottled water Wear those T-shirts that say, yep. you know, abortion rights, black lives matter, yep. gay lives matter. Yes. Yes. So let them guys, know. Thank you so much for joining us. Hit that exit music, my friend. As we go out of here tonight, remember my good friend's words um, of inspiration. Thank you all so much for joining us. And I've just got one thing to say because this is the last time I get to say it before the midterm elections, hashtag black people vote. Hashtag sick gay motherfuckers. We out.